Hey guys, and welcome to episode 17 of Business Shit. I am your host, Mimi G, and today's topic is, you said it costs how much? Listen, you might notice if you're watching on YouTube that I am not on the Ikea couch. <laughs> um, we are actually on the road. So Business Shit, this is the first episode that we've done on the road. I'm in Philadelphia. We're doing a project here that we're super excited about, and I'm in, I'm in my hotel room. So um, we're working with this lovely couch. Um, one of the most requested topics that I've gotten has been on pricing your handmade or handmade sewn or made products um, and or services that you might offer. And so I thought that I would tackle a little bit of that because that really just depends on one, what you're making, what you're selling, or what your service is that you are providing. And that can go down so many different sort of rabbit holes, but I'm going to speak specifically about charging for products that you either sew or make at home, um, or maybe a service that you provide, and you just don't know how to price yourself. So learning to price your product um, or service can be challenging, confusing, scary, because um, you're afraid people aren't going to buy it or think you're pricing too high um, or you think you're pricing too low. So I'm going to try to work through some of the questions you should sort of ask yourself to help maybe guide you a little bit more. If you are watching me on YouTube versus listening to me, um, then uh, please forgive me because my face is going to be in this computer because I have so many things I want to cover um, and I have a big list in front of me. So I'm not going to be looking at y'all, okay? Now... Um, I see, oh my God, so many people charging either too much for a bad product or charging too little for a good one. So I'm going to give you some examples. So here's the first example, and this is actually recent and direct um, to my life. So um, if you guys uh, don't already know, me and Norris are planning our wedding, and um, as I was going through the list of things that I wanted to uh, add for the ceremony, I was thinking of having someone to play music while I walk down the aisle. And I don't want a DJ playing music and I didn't want just something playing like, you know, off a speaker. Um, I wanted somebody to play an instrument. So I went online to try and find um, either a guitar player, because uh, that's my favorite instrument, guitar and piano, or a violinist. So <laughs> I'm going through all these um, different people and I find a violinist who is absolutely amazing. I mean, her work is so good and her reviews are outstanding and her sight is really nice and she was so pleasant. And um, so we're going back and forth on email. And of course, you know, me and Norris are, you know, we've extended our budget a bit. Okay. Let's just say that. And so we were a little bit like, I wonder what this is going to cost us. And when she emailed us back with the rate, <laughs> we laughed <laughs> and in a good and in a bad way, because as a business person, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to have to like reach out to her after this and like be like, I think you should raise your prices. I think you're pricing too low. Like I feel like we're going to have to tip her really big because I literally feel that even though I am hiring her for a service that I am paying for, that she's charging me too little. And when I come from a business perspective and when I think about, you know, what she has to um, provide for us, 
not including travel to our location, being there, bringing her equipment. I mean, all of these different things that you don't really think um, that a person has to do when they're providing you uh, with a service or a product. I think that she should price higher. And especially because she's good. She's really, really good. And then on the other flip side of that, there is people who I see making and selling garments that they sew themselves that are badly made. And I see that a lot. And the thing is that there's sort of a good and a bad, right? I teach people to sew. That's the main part of my business, right? I teach people how to sew and design. My goal with that is that if you so choose to make that a business for yourself, a side hustle or something, that you learn it well enough that then you can start making a profit, right? Making side money from that. That's my ultimate goal. If that's what you want, you know, to obviously make or, or get to from learning to sew. Maybe you just want to learn to sew for yourself. That's cool too. The thing is, you cannot learn to sew. And then three weeks later, learn a skirt that I made, right, that I taught you how to make, and then you're selling it because, one, you're not experienced enough. And I'm going to talk about this, but I'm sort of going on a rant right now because I want to show both sides of that, right? Then there's a, a good and a bad that happens with that. I'm gr great that you have the confidence that now you feel like you want to make some you know, some income from this newly found talent that, that you have or skill that you've learned, but knowing when you're ready and when you're not ready and what you should be charging versus, you know, a good um, service versus, you know, an amateur sort of service is a huge deal. So let's get into some of those questions. So the, the first one is every book that I have ever read about pricing yourself always starts with ask yourself this first question. What is my customer willing to pay? Well, how the hell am I supposed to know what the customer is willing to pay? I ain't sold nothing. How am I supposed to know what my customers are going to pay for a product that I have yet to sell, right? So that never really made any sense to me. So I always think the first question that you should ask yourself is what kind of customer do you want, right? I mean, because that's really what it comes down. What kind of customer do you want? So one is your customer understands the value, and therefore you price according to that, and you charge a little bit higher, right? Which means that you're going to make more per sale, right, per transaction, but your customer base might be smaller because someone who, let's say, understands the value of custom work or handmade stuff or made-to-order understands that that's valuable, and so they understand that that's going to cost them more. So you might have a smaller pool of customers, but you're making more per transaction. Then you can target the mass market, right, which is a lower price point. You make less per transaction, but you sell more units and you have a wider customer pool. So which one do you choose? Well, I think it's smart to have both, right? You set up different price points to help balance your sales. So having multiple streams of revenue obviously allows you to be more competitive because all of your income is not coming from one source. So I, for example, can price lower than my competitors because my revenue comes from multiple sources. Therefore, I am able to have a lower price point 
And it keeps money coming in on a consistent basis. So I'm not stressed out about selling my higher priced point items. So you could have both. Now, can you offer different price points? Yes, right? Yes. How do you do it? Well, one, you can do something that you can produce quickly, right? And that you can sell at a lower price point. And then two, you have the second part of your business, which is at a higher price point, which could be, you know, maybe uh, custom design things, made to order garments. Um, maybe you have two different services. Maybe you have an online service that is cheaper because your overhead is cheaper um, and it's easier for you to sort of provide online service questions, answers, um, expertise than it is for you to do that in person. So your in-person would be at a higher cost. And that's going to be a direct example to something that I do a little further along. So you just have to decide on what's going to be your lower price point product and what's going to be your higher price point product. You want your lower price product to help sort of sustain you a bit while you're working on finding that great customer, right? That ideal customer that you want to sell your higher price point items. So the next question would be, have I given my customer a reason to pay for my product? So I see a lot of issues here, right? Because one, People often move faster than their experience should allow them to. That's people who, like I said earlier, as a direct example, I always use direct examples of my business. This can apply to any business. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a consultant. You could be providing a service. You could be an illustrator. You could be a whatever. It doesn't matter. I use direct examples to my business because that's how um, that's how I relate to, to what I'm telling you, right? But I see people who will start selling a product um, before their experience uh, allows them to, to do so. And by that, I mean, when I look online and I see people selling a garment um, that they are making, one, the, the first thing I, I check is to see what they're charging. And I will say nine times out of 10, they're charging uh, too little or too much. Um, and then the other thing is that they don't have enough experience. And unfortunately, you can see that, right? If you're sewing, especially if you just learned to sew or if you, let's say you just learned to some new talent and you're then going to try and sell it. Well, if it's photo uh, based and you're showing it, people can see, right? I can immediately look at something and see the level of experience um, just from looking at the garment. So I think a lot of times that can be uh, something that hurts you, right? Because you have to know whether or not you're giving enough to your customer to be charging what it is that you're charging. The other thing is, you know, you're going to be setting yourself up to disappoint your customer. And then therefore, now you have ruined your business before you even gotten started. I saw this a lot. Um, I have several sewing groups. And in those sewing groups, I uh, will often see people who will start to sell garments. It excites me, right? It makes me happy for them. But at the same time, um, I wonder if they are going to hurt themselves um, in, in the end. And this specifically happened to someone, a friend who I know, who did just that, started to sell or make clothing for friends and family um, and take on clients, <laughs> Uh, far sooner than they should have. And 
um, they had a customer that was very dissatisfied. And one that not only did, did it cause an issue, right, because the client was very unhappy, posted and shared about it, um, but also it broke um, her spirit. It broke my friend's spirit because she thought that she was ready and she wasn't. And so a lot of times you have to really make sure that whatever product it is that you're selling, that it's going to meet the standard of the price that you're charging people. Um, if you are great at your craft, and I see this a lot, people who are really good at their craft, and I had an, uh, an example when we first started about the violinist, uh, people who you know tell you all the time that they love your work, your friends are always telling you how good you are, but you are afraid to ask for too much money, right? That I think is the biggest thing for people is being afraid to ask for money for a product or a service that they provide. And that will always have you undercutting yourself. And that is a really big problem because you have to take into account so many different things when you're pricing your products or your service. So the other thing is, um, you know, when you're really good at something and you're afraid to ask for too much money, you end up pricing low. You start working for little to no profit profit, you get discouraged immediately because then you feel like, okay, well, I'm doing all this work, but I'm not really making all this money. And so do I really want to keep doing this? But this is your passion. This is what you love to do, right? This is if you've quit your job or you're looking to quit your job to pursue a, a business doing something that you love to do. If you start off pricing yourself too low and you start to get discouraged and you're not making any money now, maybe you don't want to do that anymore. And it's, and it's not that you don't want to do it. It's just that you've priced yourself wrong or you started on the wrong foot and now you find yourself in a position where you're unhappy and you need to figure out what to do next. The next problem after that, though, is that you're going to try and raise your price. And then you're going to try and raise your price, but your customer base is already used to the lower price point. And then they're going to be like, well but I used to pay $50. Why do I now have to pay $75? And that is always a big problem. So here's the next thing. Should I discount to get people to buy my product? Nope, 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 and no. Do not start off selling a product by discounting. And if you listen to this podcast podcast, and you listen to season one, there was uh, an episode where I shared my favorite books and one of them was called Start With Your Why. You need to go back and read that book, okay? I always tell people, do not base your sales on having a sale because promotions are okay from time to time, okay? Let's say it's Christmas or it's a whatever holiday or something and you want to have a little sale, that's great. But your full price should remain the standard for your product or your service. Now, if you follow me on social media or if you've purchased any of my products, you know that I don't care if it's MLK or Columbus Day or whatever damn day, I don't do a sale. I just don't do a sale because my price, I think, is already so reasonable for what we do. I don't offer a sale. I just don't do it. Now, you might get one once a year, and you guys usually know that it's on Black Friday. I feel hella generous, and I give you guys all my product for super cheap, but I don't do that because I want to sell it. I do it to thank you. I do it 
to thank my customer for the entire year of loyalty and support that they show my business and my products. So on this day, I say, you know what? It's about you. And here's this huge discount, right? There's a difference in doing a discount or a sale or a promotion um, to thank your customer as appreciation versus doing it because you're trying to dump your product. So if you're constantly holding sales or promotions, it says two things about you. One, it says that you're either overstocked with your product that customers don't want, or two, you're selling to the wrong customer, right? Because if nobody's buying it and you have to deeply discount it every holiday for whatever reason, that means that your customers don't want it. They're not willing to pay full price for it. So you need to stop and evaluate that. Now, once people start paying a lower price, it's going to be hard to expect them to pay regular price. And it's going to be even harder for you to make a profit. So when pricing, here are some things that you want to consider. All right. When people post on my IG, can you make this for me? I'll pay you. I always laugh to myself because one, duh, you're going to pay me. Why wouldn't you be paying me? Why would I be selling for free? And two, if they understood how much they would have to pay to have me sit at a sewing machine to sew for them, they would not want to pay that. But people don't understand that, right? And so if you are going to be selling a product that you are handmaking, you have to understand how to price yourself and what you are charging for. Now, a lot of times I will see people who are charging for something and I'm wondering, okay, you basically charge somebody for the materials that it cost you to make it, but you did not charge for your time. The first thing you need to charge for is your time. This should be the most costly item on your list, okay? When you're putting together the list of, okay, what am I charging for? At the top of that list, number one is your time. And that is what's going to cost people the more, the most amount of money. So imagine someone commenting on a garment that I've made for myself and saying, hey, Mimi G, can you make this for me? I will pay you. One, I don't sell for hire. That's not my jam and I just don't like doing it, so I don't do it. Two, the amount of time that it would take me to sit down, right? Considering all the other things that I need to do for my business, my family, my home, all the other things that we run, for me to stop doing all of that, to sit at my machine, to sew for hire, you're going to be paying so much for that garment before I even tax you for materials or any of that other stuff, right? Because you're paying for my time. So do you charge by the hour? And if so, what do you want that rate to be? So for example, if it takes you five hours to make a garment, right? And you charge $25 an hour, which is low, by the way, that's, but it depends on experience. That means that you need $125 just for your time. All right. Did y'all hear that? If you are charging $25 an hour for your time, and it's going to take you five hours to make this dress for somebody, your time alone is going to cost them $125. Now that's not considering consumables or materials, which are things like fabric, trims, notions, patterns, the time it takes you to go to the post office, package and ship, 
the all kinds of things that happen, okay? And we'll go through a short list at, at the end of the podcast. That's before any of that. That's just your time. Now you decide what your time is worth, right? Now maybe you want to consider what you make at your job now, okay? So maybe let's say that you make... I don't know, $15 an hour, right? And you're looking to stop your day job to work for yourself. Then you might want to increase that, right? And so let's say that you want to charge $20 uh, an hour for your time. Okay, that's great. And again, it really depends on your experience, right? And what you're taking time away from. Are you taking time away from your family, from your other job, from other responsibilities? You have to consider all of those things. And don't be afraid to charge for your time. Because if, if that customer doesn't understand that they're getting a limited, one-of-a-kind garment made to their specifications, and they don't understand that that's going to cost them, that they need to go on down to H&M and grab that dress for $25. You know what I'm saying? Okay? That's not your customer. And you need to be okay with, that's not my customer, I need to find my customer. Second thing you need to charge for are materials. Those are two different things, and it really depends on the project, right? And this, if you're an illustrator, if you're whatever, you're still, you have tools, you have equipment, you have supplies, materials that you need to charge for. So if you're charging for your, for your materials, you need to consider a couple of things. One, if you're sewing a made-to-order garment, for example, now you're sourcing the fabric, right? Because nine times out of ten, the person coming to you for whatever that garment is or whatever that, that thing is that they want you to make doesn't know, one, what fabric they want to use, right? Or if the fabric that they want to use is going to work for that garment, that's your responsibility to know that, right? They don't know what that fabric is going to cost them right? That's, you're probably going to have to source that. So now you're charging for sourcing, right? Because you have to go find it. And then you find the fabric. And it's not just the fabric, but you have to consider all of the other things. So trims, notions, plus your hourly rate for however long you think that garment's going to take you to make. But if you're making something more mass produced, let's say that you're uh, making clutches. I'll use a clutch as an example. And you can make a bunch of clutches in no time and you're selling that's considered more of a mass product. Now the clutch, for example, right, you're going to be using a fabric that you buy, let's say in bulk, right, you buy a whole bolt of it and you know that it takes you a half yard per clutch. So you take that, you divide it by however many clutches you're going to make and then that's how you add the cost of materials to a mass product versus something that you're making custom for one person. Now, you have to decide, are you doing wholesale or retail or both? So let's say that you make clutches, that's your jam, or you make headbands, or you make, I don't know, whatever. Now, whatever it is that you're making, you can sell direct yourself, or you can sell to somebody else who might want to add your product to their online store. So let's say that somebody wants to buy wholesale from you. So let's go through some of the math so you guys can see sort of how it works. And this is a standard that I would use. So I'm going to be charging the total hours of my time plus materials and consumables times two for wholesale. Okay? That is if somebody is ordering in bulk. Okay? Let's say they're ordering a minimum of 15 clutches or 20 clutches. That's not the price that you charge if you're selling, you know, on your online store. That's difference in wholesale and direct to consumer. Okay? So if you're doing wholesale, again, it's your total time 
plus materials and consumables, and then you times two. That's going to be your wholesale price. So if it costs me, for example, $45 to make a clutch, I'm going to take $45 times two. It's going to give me $90. $90 is what I'm going to sell the clutch wholesale, but they have to buy a certain amount, right? So let's say, example, they place an order for 25 clutches. Okay, so $45 times 25 equals $1,125. That's the cost to me. That's how much it's going to cost me to make 25 clutch bags. The buyer is going to pay my $45 times two, right? Because 45 is the total number I came up with after this is how much time it's going to cost me and this is how much material is going to cost me. I'm going to charge $45 times two, $90. That's my wholesale price. So they're going to pay $90 times 25 clutches, which is $2,250, right? $2,250. Your profit is $1,125. Not too bad. Retail is different. Retail is you direct to consumer. Somebody's buying one clutch bag from you on your website or your Etsy or your whatever, Shopify or whatever you're using, okay? So if you're doing that, your retail price is your wholesale price times two. You got that? Okay, so my cost, right? Total cost it costs me to make a clutch times two gives me my wholesale price. The example is $45 times two gives me $90. My $90 wholesale price then gets times two for my retail. So if you're a wholesaler and you're buying from me 25 clutches, you're going to pay $90 a clutch. If you're a consumer and you're buying direct to me, from me, one clutch, you're paying $180. That's a standard formula. It doesn't change much. If anything, it never goes down. It always goes up, okay, because you could do times two, times 2.5, times three, whatever. This is just a standard that I used. Now, if you are uncomfortable charging that amount of money for your product, then you're targeting the wrong customer. If you're still uneasy about the number you come up with, start cutting back on your costs and see if it's still worth it to you, okay? So let's say that you want to lower that price point. Well, maybe instead of using a $12 canvas, you want to try and source a $7 canvas, right? So if you can source lower on your costs, then you can price lower. And it really just depends on whether you want to do that, because then you have two things to consider. One is the quality of the product that you're selling, right? You want to decide if you're a low end or a high end or a mid end. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to source for a lower quality canvas, then your product overall is going to be a little lower quality. If you want to have a customer that understands not just the value of your time and, and the fact that it's custom, but also the quality of the fabric and materials that you're using for whatever it is that you're making, then you want to keep it higher, right? Because you want to have a good quality product. And those are things that you just need to consider for yourself uh, while you're sort of going through this whole uh, little system that I've talked to you about. It's really a balance between wanting to make a sale and wanting to make a profit and then figuring out how to make both equally beneficial if, if that's what you want to do. That's the hard part, right? So here's an example. Can I charge more for Sew It Academy? Hell yes. Hell yes. For the amount of content, uh, teaching, skills that we provide, yes, I could charge so much more for Sew It Academy, right? 
Why don't I? Because for me, I am very comfortable with the profit margin that I currently have. And my greater goal is to make Sewed Academy affordable. So I am okay where I am. That was my goal, right? My goal was not, I want to become rich off Sewed Academy. No, that was not my goal. I want to make a profit. Duh, I'm a business person, right? I want to make a profit. Two, I want to make it affordable for people. And so if I could find that happy medium, then I make me happy and I make my customers happy, my students happy. So the alternative would be to charge a ridiculously high amount for in-person one-on-one classes with me. Okay, can I still do that? Yeah, that could be a second part of my uh, business plan if that's what I wanted, right? I want to have a low price and a high price point. If you want to do that high price point thing, right? If you want to have in-person one-on-one classes, then if that's your jam, cool. It's not my jam. I don't, I don't, that's not where I want to scale. For me, a, a good business, okay, is one that you can scale. If you can't scale it, it means you're going to be at the same place for however long you run that business. And for some people, that is perfectly fine. Some people just want to have a good product or a business that sustains their family and they're very comfortable and that's where they want to be and that's perfectly fine. For me, I want a business that I can scale, that I can continue to grow. That's where I am happy. That's where I decide, okay, I want to launch this business. You guys know that I launch things all the time. And I need to sit and think, can I scale it? Yes. If I cannot scale it, do I really love it and want to do it anyway? Those are just questions that you have to ask yourself. So remember this. If the customer doesn't understand the value in having a limited one-of-a-kind custom-made garment, product, or service, they are just not your ideal customer. You may want to look into something else. So, for example, maybe you want to do manufacturing. Maybe you want to do large quantities of something that you can sell at a lower price point. That's great, but that also comes with a whole series of other things that we'll need to cover in another episode because that's another hour of information there, and I just ain't got it, got it in me today. So here's your actionable to-do. I want you to look at your product or your service. I want you to play with the numbers that I've given you, okay? Consider all the different things that you are charging for, your time, your materials, consumables, and that is everything. That is your e-commerce charges, your website maintenance fees, your packaging, your promotional items, time and expense to ship the garment, wear and tear on your tools and equipment, okay? If you're a home sewer and you're sewing for a living, you have to replace needles every two garments, Uh, You know, those are expenses that you don't think about, but that you want to consider. Now, don't go crazy, okay? Don't don't start tacking in every 50 cents for this and a dollar this and a, okay? And then your price is like ridiculous, okay? Don't do that. But just be mindful of everything that it takes in order for you to produce this garment or this product or the service for this person. And don't don't cheat yourself because if you're afraid that you're just not going to make a sale because you're pricing too high, then one, you shouldn't be in business. 
straight up. You shouldn't be in business. If you're afraid to charge money, go work somewhere else. Go work for somebody else. The second thing is if you're afraid to charge for it, that means that one, you are not confident in your product and or your service. Okay. And that is something that you need to reevaluate within yourself. That's not business. That's that's self, right? That's something, that's something else. Um, another thing that you want to consider is if you're afraid to do it, it's probably because one, you don't have the experience and that's okay, right? That comes with time. Um, that comes with sort of the, the, the experience of selling a product, but you also have to understand that you are of value. Your talent is of value. And if you're going to be doing something and you're not going to be charging for it because you're afraid then you're basically working for free. And if that's what you want to do, more power to you, boo. But that's not what I want to do, right? That's not why you're in business. You're not in business to work for free. You're in business because you want to make a profit. All right. That is your actionable to do. Play with those numbers. Play with that math. Play with the list of things that you 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 want to consider when charging. Uh, and if you have questions, you know, you always email us, you know. I want you to think of ways also as part of your actionable to do to develop or think of something that you can do easier. Maybe it's something that you can produce faster. Maybe it's a smaller item that you can create and sell. Maybe it's a, an online service that you can provide versus doing it in person or in groups. Something that's going to be a lower price point to help cushion in between the sale that you really want for your customers or your whatever professional service that you're providing. So you Try and work with something that's going to help cushion that. If that's something that you want to do, you don't have to do that at all. You can just wait for that customer, right? Gather as much information as you, as you can. Find that, that perfect customer, that follower, that, that, that sort of area where you want to really focus and target, and then just build and work on that. That really is up to you. All right. So email segment, talk your shit. If you guys want to send us an email, please send us an email. We really want to hear from you. If you have questions or you want a topic that I haven't covered yet and you want me to cover it, send your emails to businessshit at gmail.com. I will try to get to as many uh, of those as possible and create full episodes if it's enough to create an episode. Also, I have a bunch of emails that just came in. I haven't had time to go through them, um, but I am going to start going through them. We're going to have an episode on Q&A so I can answer as many questions as, as possible. And in next episode, uh, we'll start to answer at least one or two questions per episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, in order for your business to succeed, it has to be the shit. It needs to solve a problem, help your customers get past their current situation, earn respect and build trust. I'm out.